Welcome to Coffee Table Mythos. I'm Eliza. And I'm Leah. For our new listeners, where can they find us? Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, CoffeeTableMythos at gmail.com, Anchor.fm, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. How can they support us? By liking, following, sharing, subscribing, and reviewing our podcast. Reviewing our podcast helps others find us so that our family can grow. Come interact with us! You can use our hashtag Coffee Table Mythos to show us your cool art of the entities we cover. Email us to let us know what you want to hear about, or message us on Instagram or Facebook. What about merch? For now, visit us on Teespring at teespring.com store slash coffee dash table dash mythos for shirts, hoodies, stickers, and more. Leah is testing out prototypes so that we can make our own merch soon. You can also donate to us at anchor.fm slash coffee dash table dash mythos slash support. All donations will go to making this podcast better. And with that, grab your favorite beverage and let's talk myths. What you drinking? It's the Buckland Mead, which is grown fall meaderies, craft mead with green tea and lemon in it. Its base is a honey mead, so. It looks like a green tea. It's got that pale green colorage to it. It literally tastes like I'm drinking a fizzy green tea. I can barely taste the alcohol in there and just it tastes wonderful. But it's perfect for this episode because I am covering Bastet and one of the big things is you have to drink to the cat goddesses to do it properly. Also, I want to point out the fact that I am significantly shorter. None of you can see this, but I am in a different chair this episode. Can you explain why I am in a different chair this episode? Yeah, my family was going through the attic and found one of my old... It's like a round chair. The round chairs you would get for like a college room. It has like a little foldy bottom. This so you can made put for it a away. child. This was made for like a preteen child. And <laughs> I fit in it. <laughs> so she's in that because hopefully it's more comfortable than the kitchen table chair we were using. You know, I want to just preface this that originally I was going to drink an energy drink today. But I drank it before everything happened. Yeah, so this is Coffee Table Mythos Nighttime Edition. So instead of drinking three or four. <laughs> so instead of drinking energy drinks while recording, we are drinking adult beverages. Are you? I just know that you have a big thing with um, ice in it. That's just water. Oh. So yes, I do have ice water, but I also have a Guinness in a bottle. I'm actually impressed. I rarely see her drink beer. Beer in general. Yeah, no. Generally, I'm the one that's drinking the beer and you're drinking the mixed beverage. Yeah. Usually, if I have Guinness, it is in some bread, beer bread, but my oven is a jerk and does not like to make bread right now. So her beer bread's so good. Oh my gosh. When it actually cooks. The last... Two or three times I have tried to make it, the oven decides to stop staying hot midway. So it should be done after like 40 or 50 minutes, something like that. And it ends up taking two to three hours. And I have to constantly keep checking it to make sure that it didn't turn back off. The last time we we tried making it, what was the series we were watching that was on Netflix with the deer antler stuff in it? Is it Shadow... Shadow and Bones? Yes, Shadow and Bones. So we were watching Shadow and Bones. We watched the whole fucking series in the night. I just remembered what the antlers were. 
I'm sorry. I didn't like that part. Don't spoil it for anybody that hasn't listened to it. I'm not gonna. It but it literally took almost the whole series for us to bake the bread. So by the time we were eating the bread, it was like over halfway through the, the season that was out. And then it flipped out of the tin onto the floor and I had to cut off one of the crusty ends. And the crusty bits are the best part. And I was devastated. She I think crying. I think, I, yeah, I was crying on the kitchen floor. While eating the bread <laughs> covered in butter. It was a scene. It was a scene. In case you guys haven't <laughs> figured it out yet, I am extremely melodramatic. <laughs> when slightly inconvenienced. And with that, back to your regularly scheduled programming. Today we're talking about Bastet. I hope I'm saying it right. If I'm saying it wrong, I'm sorry in advance. She is the goddess of protection, pleasure, and bringer of good health with the head of a cat and slender female body of the Egyptian pantheon. Cats in ancient Egypt were considered demi-deities, and they protected crops and slowed the spread of disease by killing rodents. They were also thought to be the physical form of Bastet. In Egyptian mythology, she is the daughter of Ra, sister of Sekhmet, wife of Ta, and mother of Mihos. Since Second Dynasty, she was worshipped most commonly in Lower Egypt. As a deity, over the years, her form and powers have changed. Every day, Bastet would ride with her father Ra in the sky. As his boat pulled the sun through the sky, she would watch over and protect him. And at night, she would become a cat to protect Ra from his arch nemesis, the snake Apep. Hmm. Because of her duty to protect, she was nicknamed Goddess of the Rising Sun, Lady of the East, and All-Seeing Eye. She is also thought to be Goddess of the Moon, and to be the Eye of the Moon, and the Eye of Ra. She is still worshipped today, and some believe her protection is cast over modern cats. Aww. According to Wiki, Lower Egypt, was also known as Bubastis, often identified with P. Beseth, principal depository in Egypt of mummies and cats. The Greeks identified Bastet with Artemis because apparently the Greeks were like rule in Egypt for a hot minute for like 300 years. Hmm. Anyway, so the Egyptians held a festival of Bubastis described by Herodotus as having been the most joyous and gorgeous of all the Egyptian calendar. They floated down the Nile River leisurely on river crafts while playing instruments and once on land, they sang more and eventually went to a feast. At the time, over 700,000 pilgrims were known to celebrate the Feast of Bast. Egyptian sources prescribe the lioness goddesses are to be appeased with the Feast of Drunkenness. <laughs> this is a good thing that we're doing this yes. at nighttime. <laughs> yes, it is. Like, this is the perfect time to be talking about this stuff. Apparently, when I was reading is that during this feast, it was the most alcohol consumption of the year, specifically wine, of all of the year. No other holiday did they go through so much alcohol. Apparently, Bastet and Sekhmet eventually were considered to be two aspects of the same goddess, with Sekhmet being the powerful warrior and protector, and Bastet increasingly depicted as a gentler aspect with the cat. And the only reason I know how to say Sekhmet is because of the Prince of Egypt song, You're playing with the big boys now. Anyway. <laughs> that was a really good soundtrack. It was a wonderful soundtrack. Thank you, Hans Zimmerman. 
Images of Bastet were often created from alabaster and was sometimes depicted holding a ceremonial sistrum, which is a musical percussion instrument that's often associated with Egypt, in one hand, and an aegis in the other, usually resembling a collar or gorget. She started off being depicted with a lioness head in the 3rd millennium BC, 2,000 years later, however, 1070 BC to 712 BC, she began being depicted as a domestic cat or cat-headed woman. Cats of royalty, in some instances, were known to be dressed in gold jewelry and allowed to eat from the plates of their owners. When Bastet's temple was excavated, more than 300,000 mummified cats were discovered. Families would go into great mourning with a loss of a cat, and when able, they would have a cat embalmed or buried in a cat's cemetery. So I was reading different articles about the same stuff so I could kind of get a well-rounded idea. Essentially, there was a point in Egypt where there was different cities had different, like, specific, like, local deities. It made me think of Japan in a way. Mm -hmm. Except for Bastet, it was Bast. And there, it was like, they akined cats to how modern-day India views cows. So they're holy and you do not do anything to hurt them. Yes, exactly. So that's kind of how they best described it on how they were treated. Okay. Cats really helped a lot in ancient Egypt and for all good things. And I can imagine why I'd mourn after a cat died if it was keeping my, you know, family safe, family safe and healthy. According to worldhistory.org, her name was originally Bist. Actually, it's Bist without pronouncing the T, which became Ubaste, then Bast, then Bastet. Okay. The meaning is either unknown or not universally agreed upon. Women wore special bastet amulets with kittens on them, and the number of kittens on them were the number of children desired. Oh. Because she was considered a fertility goddess as well. That makes sense. Yes. There are three most famous myths of bastet. The first is the one of Apep, or Apophis, depending on which version, who is an evil snake underworld serpent god associated with darkness and chaos, and was Ra's greatest enemy and wished to consume everything with darkness and destroy Ra. If you don't know who Ra is, and you're listening, Ra is like the big sun god of Egypt mythology. Priests of Ra attempted to hex Apep, but none of the spells worked. So, Bast, in cat form, used her night vision in Apep's dark lair and slew him. Apep's death ensured the sun would continue to shine, and crops would continue to grow, and Bast was honored as a goddess of fertility thereafter. All right. The second most famous myth of Bastet was when Ra was still a mortal, Pharaoh, there was a time he grew angry with the people of Egypt. So he released Sekhmet, his daughter, to exact vengeance. She slaughtered mass numbers of people and drank their blood. As you do. As you do. Ra felt remorse afterward and wanted to stop Sekhmet, so he had people pour red-tinged beer over the land. Then, when Sekhmet came across it, she thought it was blood and drank it, and this made her drunk and made her fall asleep. Okay. When she awoke, she either transformed into Hathor or Bast, depending on who was telling the story. Okay. And the third most popular myth is a myth from Bubastis, which states that turquoise is actually the fallen menstrual blood of goddess Bastet, which transformed into turquoise as soon as it touched the ground. That was like a 180. I was not expecting those words to ever go together. Right. This is my one of my favorite colors. 
Oh. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Fun fact. I think of all the gemstone... Like, I don't know all the gemstone myths, but of the ones I do know, I think that's probably the most unique. (laughs) The way you just said that. In popular culture, she is found in Neil Gaiman's American Gods and Sandman comic series. She's a playable character in Smite, which is kind of funny because she was the first goddess that they released when I first was playing Smite. Mm Mm-hmm. She appears in Dungeons and Dragons and was brought onto Lovecraft's Cthulhu mythos by Robert Block. It's kind of interesting because they made her out to be like this real warrior goddess type being mm-hmm. in the beginning. And then over time, she became more like two separate goddesses. Yeah. Like they made her more like just like more of a domestic cat than a lioness. So. The idea would be that Sekhmet is the warrior version of what Bastet is, if that makes sense. It does. It's crazy how mythology evolves with the culture. Yes. When you're, like, looking at it. Very apparent in Egyptian mythology. Oh, what I did not write down, what was cool, is that the Bastet temple had water on three of the four sides of it. Outside or inside? Outside. Okay. And there's a myth that a lion that was really tired came to the pools, drank its fill, and then just kind of got domesticated and stayed at the temple. (laughs) I thought that was a cool little thing. She's like, um, I could be surrounded by desert or I could live here where there's plenty of water and shade. I think I'll stay here. And I'm considered a goddess, so... Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> that Can lion. you imagine being that lioness? Yes. Being like, wow, they treat me like a god here. <laughs> Best decision of my, my life. life. <laughs> yeah. I remember reading a couple years ago the way Egyptian gods are depicted as having the head of an animal and the body of a human wasn't meant to say this is what they look like with the head of an animal and a body of a human. Mm-hmm. It was actually meant to say they can be either fully the animal or fully the human. And it was about their dual nature. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of talk about how she would take the form of a cat to come on earth. Because she was more of like a protector. Of, of like the home. Yeah. Of the home and hearth in a way. But also it's like she protected raw. And she fought some... She was a badass. She fought fucking a pep. (laughs) I'm hoping I'm saying it right. I'll blame it on the mead. Anyway. (laughs) I think I actually have a tarot deck that's vast. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. I love cats. If anybody's listening. I love cats. I have a lot of uh, cats that come to the back door asking for food, which hasn't happened recently. Yeah, I haven't seen any of them recently. I always have food for them, but... Recently, like, I thought I heard a kitten crying outside in the backyard when it was storming out. So, like, my mama cat ears started perking and I went looking for it and I couldn't find it. I also don't know if it was really a cat that I was hearing or something else. You know what? That is not a fun thing for you to say because we do mythology and there are things that go bump in the night that imitate other things. I did not like you saying that. I didn't mean it like that. Oh, I don't just, care. Now you scared out. me. Now you're scaring me. Stop. Okay. <laughs> we have Dova. Dova's fine. Dova's a good familiar. 
now that we've freaked each other out, we're going to go to a quick commercial break and come back. And we'll be back to talk about Ma'al. And we're back. So, yeah. All the things. (laughs) Now that we're back from the break, after freaking ourselves out, after I noticed the pattern last week, I was not about to break it. (laughs) So since Eliza did Pele last week, I went looking into Hawaiian lore to find a topic for this week. I originally was looking for a goddess, but ended up stumbling instead upon Mo'o, the Hawaiian version of dragons. One of the tales even involves Pele and her sister, Hi'iaka. The Mo'o are supernatural lizards that can shapeshift into water dragons, 20 to 30 feet in length, midnight skin, and they can also change into human form. Like Rhea. Or is it Raya? I don't remember. I'm not sure. I liked it. In most of the stories I found, they were female, but they are occasionally male. They live in pools, ponds, freshwater streams, and caves. And they are very protective of the water source. They can control the weather, and they are omniscient. Fish ponds once had markers that indicated which mo'o was in residence. And it was once believed that if you nurtured your mo'o, she would make sure that you had bountiful harvests and adequate water. But if she was neglected, she would cause havoc, as you do. This lends itself to the overarching ideology of Aloha Aina, the love of the land, which helps Hawaiians connect to their land, culture, and all living things on the island. Still today... Some fishermen trying to catch Hinalea in Oahu call upon a spirit of the Mo'o named Kalamainu'u. The story of Kalamainu'u goes like this. A long time ago, she fell in love with a young chief while surfing. She married him, but her cousins, Hinalea and Aikilolo, told him her true identity. They then turned themselves into fish and swam down into a crack in the seafloor. Kalamainu was able to ensnare them with a woven trap, and it is said that if you ask her, she will fill your nets. Generally, as long as mo'o are cared for, they are benevolent to humans. However, some more violent mo'o can summon large waves to wash trespassers from their territory. Which I definitely relate to. If I had elemental powers, that is something I would do to trespassers. Hmm. When they die, their bodies become one with the landscape. This is the explanation for landforms, such as the cinder cone, pu'u olai, or the lizard outline on Kamalo Ridge, and the Molokini Crater. Apparently, the strange part about this is that lizards are not native to Hawaii, Any lizards and snakes that are in Hawaii now have been introduced, Hmm. whether intentionally or not. Hmm. It is believed that the folklore of these mo'o may have come to Hawaii by way of traveling Polynesians who had seen giant lizards in other places they had landed. 
It is also believed that some of the lizards that are here today are the descendants of lizards that had stowed away on those same boats that brought the seafarers to Hawaii's islands. Kind of like hey hey but in lizard form. According to Sam Ka'ai, a Hawaiian artist and cultural leader, the dragon is a major force of life. Its head peers into the future, the white dawn yet to come. Its front feet are the youth, reaching, touching, examining. The stable hind legs are the parents. The elders form the spine, the collective song of all that came before. They tell how other dawns were and how this dawn will be. That's pretty crazy. Mm. One story of a mo'o is that of Kihawahine, the most powerful mo'o. There's a book called Tales of Night Rainbow that is written down from an oral history of the Moloka'ai family, also known as the Dragon Clan. The clan can trace its lineage back to 800 BCE. Kihawahine would travel the islands, not just stay in one place as many of the other mo'o did. She would repeatedly come back to the lake on top of the West Maui Mountains, a pond on the Waihe'e coast, and the pools of Kauai, Molokai, and Hawaii. She also had a royal compound at Moku'ula in Lahaina. Oh, Lahaina! Her presence on the royal property assured them of prosperity and gave them authority over the waters that flowed down the West Maui Mountains, according to MauiMagazine.com. I love Maui. <laughs> Is that the Garden Island? No, no. Which one's Maui? Maui's the one I went to with Chandra. To do whale watching? Mm-hmm. And snorkeling with all those sea turtles. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So according to the same website, Kiha Wahine's influence was so great that Kamehameha married Keo Puolani, a 10-year-old princess, primarily to inherit the girl's sacred lineage, which included the lizard goddess Kiha Wahine. She was 10? Yeah. I think it was just like a, a royal thing. A it wasn't like a... thing. It wasn't... Yeah. Okay. He then proceeded to conquer the islands while carrying her image with him to war. The Mo'os, not the princesses. I was so confused for a millisecond. I was like, what? Kihawahine was not always a powerful Mo'o. She was once a princess named Kala Aiheana, born to Chief Pi'ilani in the 16th century. When she died, a sacred ritual was performed, and she transformed into Kihawahine and became the Aumakua, or ancestral guardian spirit, of the chief's family line. After many tumultuous happenings in Hawaiian history, Kihawahine's fish pond at the royal home was buried. There is a group of people called the Friends of Moku'ula that is a nonprofit working to bring Moku'ula back to life. There have been assessments done, and they believe that the former royal residence is largely intact underground. They want to restore the original structure, ponds, and springs. What? Maybe Kihawahine is still there waiting for her pond to be fixed. My mouth's open <laughs> for all the people that cannot see me because we're just recording audio right now. This is not a visual medium. Bom, bom. <laughs> Another legend is about Pele from last week's episode. Pele had a mortal lover that she was visiting in the dream world. Oh. 
and one day he was captured by three mo'o and held hostage on Kauai in a cave. Pele decides to send her younger sister Hi'iaka to rescue him. So not only does she have to save him, she has to slay some dragons. Hi'iaka goes from island to island, running into many mo'o. On Molokai, Hi'iaka and her attendant come across a huge ravine. As they try to figure out how to cross it, a thin plank appears. The attendant starts to cross, but Hi'iaka realizes that it isn't a plank, but rather the tongue of the mo'o kikipua. Hi'iaka crosses a ravine with her magical skirt and chases the mo'o to its lair, where she kills it. Eventually, Hi'iaka reaches Kauai, only to find the lover dead. One version says he killed himself after Pele had left him for a time. Another version says that two Mo'o sisters had stolen his spirit. Hi'iaka captures the lover's spirit and returns it to his body after days of prayer and incantation. Because apparently that is one of Hi'iaka's powers, is that she can bring people back to life. That's kind of cool. The travels took longer than Pele wanted, and so she destroyed Hi'iaka's lehua groves. Hi'iaka sends her attendants ahead to explain the delay to Pele, but she kills them before they can speak. Hi'iaka is enraged at the destruction of her friends and takes Pele's lover to the lip of the crater and makes love to him in front of Pele. Damn! I was not expecting that turn, but it came down fast! Then, Pele sends her other sisters and brothers to kill him but they refuse. So Pele kills him herself by encasing him in lava. Hi'iaka digs into the stone to save his spirit and finds the spirits of her companions as well and brings them back to life. She dug so deep that water almost flows into the volcano, which would have killed Pele, but Wahine Umoa stops her in time. The lover's spirit then goes back to Kauai. That is the abbreviated version of the story. That's what it sounds like. So if you are interested in learning more about that story, there are Hawaiian mythology books that you can purchase to find the entirety of them in. You know, as we say, these days you can find the mo'o. There wasn't anything I could find for now. I even specifically went looking for, like, for example, a lot of the beings in our researches either end up in Smite, if it's like a god or a goddess, or in either Magic the Gathering or D&D if it's more of a creature. Sometimes the gods and goddesses are there too, but usually it's more like the creatures. And nothing. I couldn't find anything for like today's media or games. But if you visit the island, you can see the landforms that are said to be the bodies of the dead Mo'o. That's insane. Yeah. So I was really struggling to find which being I was going to do. And then I came across that actually on a travel website, there was like top 10 mythologies on this like travel website. And one of them had a picture of like a gecko. And I was like, a gecko? <laughs> and I read the... <laughs> Sorry. I was like, what's magical about a gecko? So I read the little blurb and it was like, a mo'o is a dragon native to Hawaii. So I was like, dragon? And then I went and looked more into it. Pretty cool. Yeah. So that is the mo'o. The shape-shifting lizard-slash-dragons of Hawaii. Super cool. So, Eliza, give me something to brighten the mood. So, this, was it Saturday? Yes. Saturday, we went to Vitamin Shop, which is like a fitness supplement store. And 
we were only going there because we normally get delivery, but it wasn't going to come in time for you to have, was it your protein? Yeah, for work. For work. So we go there, and we were not expecting the amount of things. We never know what to expect when we go to a vitamin shop. Anyway, so we got three cases of bang, and then... I don't know who here has a caffeine problem. Stop looking at me. I wasn't looking at you. Stop looking at yourself. I was kind of looking at myself. <laughs> anyway, so one of the main brands that they were really focusing on was Ghost. We are not sponsored by Ghost whatsoever. Or Vitamin Shop. Or Vitamin Shop or any of their brands. And they were selling all the things. The blender bottles, the protein, the pre-workout, the BCAAs. So I already had the BCAAs I normally drink. Leah already had the BCAAs she normally drinks. And I was like, well, there's this flavor they had that's called, like, Sonic Ocean Water. There's a fast food place in America, I don't know where if it's everywhere else, that's called Sonic. And they do, like, hot dogs and burgers and ice cream. And they do this, like, slushies, slushies that, and one of them's called Ocean Water. And it's a blue flavor. And it's got this kind of, like, how would you describe it? I don't drink it because I'm pretty sure it has coconut in it. I thought that was the one you drank. No, I get the blue raspberry ones with the nerds in it because I am a literal 12-year-old. So I got ocean water because <laughs> it has hints of coconut in it. And I got it as a pre-workout and I got a blender bottle. And I haven't had a new blender bottle in forever. It really throws me off because it's like a yellow blender bottle with a white ghost, but the ghost is kind of angry looking. So it's like a feisty Snapchat yeah. symbol. <laughs> exactly what it looks like i wasn't willing to pay for the way though and that's all i can say about that so i was like okay i'm gonna try this pre-workout so i tried this morning oh my gods i had one and a half scoops a serving is two scoops i had one and a half scoops of ocean water with like eight ounces of water i did 10 miles on the bike full lift workout i felt like i went super saiyan mode plus ultra really fucking fast (laughs) Energizer bunny. Energizer bunny. And then I like, by the time I had to go to work, I was early to work and I got everything done and then some. I had a lot this weekend. Yeah. I've been working. You know, I work a lot when I'm extremely productive, like overly productive. I don't think this whole weekend I haven't really had, like outside of playing ESO a little bit, Mm -hmm. I have not spent time just chilling. Anyway, like, I was trying to get all the things yesterday, and I decided to get this vanilla Kentucky bourbon barrel-aged ale. It was pretty damn good. Drank a single ale while watching a thunderstorm that was, like, fucking Ooh, That was a hella gnarly. crazy. There was an inflatable kid's pool in front of one of the neighbor's houses, and it got thrown across the street. And wrapped itself around somebody's car because yeah. of the wind. I find enjoyment while drinking some ale and watching the thunderstorm. As long as it's not destroying my friends and family. <laughs> you do like thunderstorms as long as I am not driving you through them. No. Texas was different. I liked Texas. She looked like she was in her element. I was a little freaked out because it was like there were... it was flat plains and the water was rising and there was hail and there is nowhere and no way to get away from that except going through it yeah 
And that was what was crazy because if you all know, I have a little car. I do not have a big car. So. She made it. She did. She's gone through so much. That, my little car has been from Maryland to Hawaii back to Maryland. Well, to California. To California. I lived in California for about seven months. Yeah. So seven months in California and then drove all the way back from California to Maryland. Yeah. Poe kind of got transported to Hawaii and then to California. But yeah. she drove herself back to Maryland. And Poe, if you all don't know, is short for Poseidon. That is the name of my car. Poe. Man. <laughs> I went through some shit to get that car, but I love it. What's something to brighten the mood, Leah? I have had kind of a rough week. So I'm gonna say my something to brighten the mood is that... We were a little late on doing last week's art, so I literally did it the late morning to early afternoon of the day we posted it, and I just really like how Pele turned out. I usually am not a fan of how my drawing portion turns out or how my humans turn out, and she turned out really good. She did. She turned out really, really well, and we were, she did it while we were watching Lilo and Stitch. I had some of the music from Lilo and Stitch running in my head, and I was like, this broken piece of music, because I don't know all the words, will just keep playing in my head until I listen to the whole thing. And I didn't know which song it was, so I just watched the whole thing. Well, it was more like she looked and was like, can we watch Lilo and Stitch? And I was like, of course. I love that film. You said, the only two movies we can watch right now is something from Lilo and Stitch or Moana. Yeah. (laughs) Because I knew you were working on Pele, so I was like, these are the only two appropriate films that we can be watching at the moment. So, I like how she turned out. Yeah, she turned out pretty good. So that's my thing. And my second thing to brighten the mood is that my friend that lives in Scotland, we went to high school together and she's over there because she went to veterinary school and is currently being a vet in Scotland, sent us a present for our podcast and it is a Celtic knot like the one that's our logo in teal and purple, which are our favorite colors. And it's crocheted and it's like you can put it on the back of a chair which is where we have it or you could have it over your lap like a little lap blanket and it's so adorable and we're so grateful that she sent it to us also super soft she used nice yarn on this so that is my second good thing that we got this and she also sent it with a beautiful card with a purple dragoness creature on it from the card is made in Wales and she was like I saw this and I thought of your podcast and we love it so that is also downstairs with our recording studio so thanks Lisa we love it and that is my second good thing to brighten the mood so we were originally going to be doing all five weeks of July as grab bag and just been going through some stuff and I need a little bit of a mental health break So I asked Eliza if it would be cool if we took a little vacation for the last weekend, and she was fine with that. This is going to be our last episode in July, and then we will be back posting the first weekend in August with our regularly scheduled program. Mm -hmm. So this is Coffee Table Mythos. We'll catch you next time. We'll catch you next time.